This is the Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind podcast, where divorce coach Corey Shapiro helps you get creative and not reactive in your divorce. Tune in now and get the support you need to make it through this difficult time. Here's Corey Shapiro. Welcome, it's Corey. I'm your friendly divorce coach. I'm here to help you get divorced without losing your mind. I've been in the trenches for two decades, and I'm here on this podcast to break things down for you and help you. I like this podcast format because I can break things down in small bites, which is the best way to learn new things. In fact, you can check out our archive, our classic episodes, and see if there's an episode that speaks to you. Last week, for example, we discussed the gap year, you know, that year between high school and college, and who pays for that. In today's episode, we're talking about none other than money. You know, show me the money. Which reminds me of that saying, why people become lawyers, which is, well, I was scared of blood, so I couldn't become a doctor. Numbers weren't really weren't my thing. So accounting was out of the question. I chose to instead become a lawyer. And now I only deal with blood and money. It's important to know that any money you put into a joint bank account is, wait for it, usually shared. That's the general rule. Uh, which reminds me of that great uh, video originally shown to me by my fiance, where uh, it's about the cheese tax. It's by Matt Hobbs. You could go on YouTube, over 2 million views. It's on Spotify. And, you know, if you go to the fridge, you have a dog and you take a treat out, they sort of come to you. They know what you're doing and they want a piece of the action. They want to share. Now, thankfully, dogs are happy with 5 10%. But if you put money into a bank account during the marriage and you're going to have to share that, and generally spouses aren't happy with 5 or 10%. They're also not happy if you take all of that treat, just like your dog's not going to be happy if you take all of that treat. So know this rule. You're probably not going to be able to keep 100%. And if you're only going to give 5 10%, a little sample, not going to make your spouse happy, may make your dog happy though. Check out that cheese tax. Uh, song and video. In divorce news, I'm going to give my thoughts to this New York Times article on how divorce can be devastating. Devastating, especially for women. It's about a devastating impact on women's financial future. I think we can make it broader. I think it's devastating generally for the dependent, the dependent spouse's financial future, especially in these long-term marriages, especially marriages where you have children and one spouse reduce their earning capacity. That's really what we're talking about. And I think most people will agree with me that in these traditional marriages where you do have children and you have a division of labor, children are being raised primarily by women, even till today. And now they're expected not only to raise the children, you know, back at least in my mom's generation, maybe they didn't have to really work or maybe work part-time. Now they're expected to work full-time and more of a shift-type job that's not going to be giving as much money as someone who doesn't have a shift-type job. You know, a shift-type job is like, you know, nine to five, easy hours, easy enough hours to be regular, but they're not expected to come in the weekends. They're not expected to come at night. Yes, the lower-paying jobs, but that also gives people a quality of life, the quality of life. You have to have someone who can be that grounding rock. We talked about grounding rock that, you know, Brian Cranston, who do you think raised her, his daughter? When he's doing all these shows, it wasn't him, right? It was his wife. Maybe their support staff. 
So that's what we're talking about, the unequal contributions to marriages. This New York Times article wraps that up. It reminds me of an example. And the example is, uh, let's say Mary passes away and hits those gates of heaven. And when she gets there, they say, we're going to give you a taste of both worlds. But one day you got to spend in heaven. One day you got to spend in hell. And she's like, well, oh, I just want to go to heaven. I don't want to go spend a day at hell. That's the rules. You got to spend a day at hell. You got to spend a day in heaven. And then you make up your decision. She's like, okay, but I know I'm going to heaven. Up. Oh. Spend a day in hell. So she goes there, and actually, hell's pretty exciting. Uh, it's sort of like a club med. A lot of activities, people are exciting, uh, drinking, fun, great beach. This is great. I don't know why hell's so bad. It's awesome. Then she goes to heaven. Not bad either. Sort of sitting around in the cloud, classical music. It's a little quieter. She's like, hmm, you know, if I have to make a decision after spending those days each, I thought hell was a little bit more exciting. And she's like, fine, back in hell. But when she gets to hell, it's a wasteland. It's hell. And she's now in hell for eternity. And that reminds me a little bit about, uh, you know, the difference between uh, in a marriage. In the beginning, we can call it that recruiting stage, which even, you know, we can make heaven-like, even though it's maybe what you're entering into could be a hell-like or hellish relationship. And when you're actually in these bad marriages, it is hell. I mean, because now you're committed. So if you're in one of those situations, uh, I feel for you. And I hope in your divorce, at least, you can get a fair shake and move on with your life. All right. But as always, we're going to start with the quote of the week. And it starts off with none other than Dr. Stephen Covey, a deep visionary thinker, one of the deepest. And his quote is, anytime you think the problem is out there, that very thought is the problem. So what is he saying? Be proactive. Take 100% responsibility. Don't have that victim mentality. Think about the future. As he said it, begin with the end in mind. 100% responsible for your actions. Think about your future Think about the end in mind when you start. That's Dr. Covey. Let's let that sink into us. Let's let that settle over that wisdom. All right, let's get started with the question of the week. If you have a question you would like answered, please go to gettingdivorced.org. And I may answer your question on an upcoming episode of the Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind podcast. This week's question is from Marianne. Marianne asks, I have been listening to your podcast and read your ebook. Thank you for all the information you put out there. My question is dividing a bank account. I made all the money in the past two years because my husband was unemployed. I understand the court considers several equitable grounds for divorce, but can I get more of this account? In a nutshell, it depends, you know, where you live. If you're in New York, which is an equitable state, there are factors. And in a longer-term marriage, the courts generally do equal. Also, if there's children, the courts generally do equal. You know, you might have a situation like yours where equity dictates one party get in an unequal, um, you know, a division of this account. But here's the real problem. 
is there enough money in that account? Is there enough money to fight the fight? Remember, we're all trying to save time, energy, emotion, money. So if the account, and I'm not diminishing this account, but let's say the account's $50,000. And that's a good size account. For most people, that's a good size account. But in courts, it's like a different world. That's not viewed. That's not viewed by the court as something to fight over. Okay, and there's going to be a lot of pressure. It's almost like a small claims issue. But since you're in a divorce, you're in the Supreme Court, at least in most states. And these judges are dealing with big numbers, you know, multimillionaires, billionaires. And there's so many cases in there that unless you're in some type of jurisdiction where they have the space, um, they're really going to try to pressure you to settle. And it might not be worthwhile. A lot of attorneys, you know, divorce attorneys are not taking a percentage. We bill hourly. So just think how much time it would take for a trial, for a hearing. So you're going to have to do things, I think, creatively. If you're in one of those states, it's don't just don't just divide assets equally. And if you are going to be making these equitable arguments, just realize that even though you probably are right, you know, if your spouse is not working, you contributed more, you should get more. They're probably not going to agree to that. And they're probably going to wear you down. And by leaving money on the table, using Dr. Covey's words, we're beginning with the end in mind. We're investing. It's not a cost. We're investing in our future selves. So think about that when you're thinking of dividing a bank account. On the other hand, the bank account has a lot of money. You know, over a million dollars, maybe over $500,000. Yes, the lawyer fees would be okay. That would be a transaction cost. But if not, you might be spending more on, on lawyer fees than the account's even worth. And this might not be worth it. So talk to your attorney, but sometimes leaving money on the tables, the best investment you can have in your future self. All right, let's switch gears. We're going to talk about this divorce news, this New York Times article uh, about you know divorce wrecking havoc on women's financial future and how they're going to have to rebuild their savings, their retirement accounts, and all this careful planning. And it's a good article to check out. And here's really the way I see it is, you know, especially in these traditional marriages where you had a spouse who did more of the childcare, more energy was placed on the home life. And they've been married 20, 25 years. And they got married maybe young. And now a spouse has a midlife crisis, right? That spouse who's having the midlife crisis, some of those spouses want to give their spouse a fair deal. Maybe they're not in love with them anymore in the romantic sense, but they are uh, understanding and respectful of the contributions they made to the home, to their children, to themselves. And they wanted to give a fair shake. But there's another uh, population of spouses who reminds me of the way they treat spouses is the way most people treat older technology. So, for example, if you have that iPad 2 and the iPad 5 or 6 or 7 or 8 or 9 or however how much it's going to go up to comes out, you discard that. You discard it. And you don't care about it anymore. 
And that's what I'm seeing. And I think that's what this article is really addressing. And that's why we have all these laws that protect dependent spouses, especially in these long-term marriages. Just like if you're dividing assets, one spouse is not getting 100%. The other spouse is not just going to get a little, quote unquote, cheese tax. There's going to be a sharing that's equitable and fair. All right. You know, I like to end always on a good note. So let's end with a positive perspective. If you're going to get a divorce midlife, generally half of what you have is on the table, generally. And if you do not have much on the table, you're that dependent spouse. Um, you're really going to need that type of money. Your long-term, begin with the end in mind, financial well-being. And I would even suggest, I know we're talking half, but I think in certain cases, especially if the other spouse has a higher earning potential, you know, because they gave up all their energies to, uh, excuse me, because they invested their energies in their work and now they're making all this money, the other spouse is, is doing okay, but not really going to enjoy that high lifestyle. I would suggest you could even potentially, you might want to talk about this with your lawyer, that you should get more than half the assets, right? Because that's really the equitable uh, result. That's the equitable result in many cases. I would say more than half of the assets for these dependent spouses who have given up decades of their earning capacity and invested it in the relationship. These arguments maybe are creative, not going to be heard by everyone, but if we're doing the right thing, which is what we're trying to do, and you're in one of these fights, don't just settle necessarily on 50-50. See if you have the ability to ask for more. In certain cases, maybe the court will agree with you, especially if there's a, a, a big difference in these earning capacities. All right, that's a wrap on this episode. I'm really proud of you for taking a positive and creative approach to your divorce. Keep up the great work. Stay focused on yourself and the things that you can control. I know you can do this. Remember, I'm here for you, helping you get through your divorce without losing your mind. Thank you for tuning in to the Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind podcast with divorce coach Corey Shapiro. Divorce can be a difficult and overwhelming process, but it doesn't have to be. Corey's book is here to help you gain clarity, composure, and a strategic mindset. Get it now as an ebook on Amazon or an audiobook on Audible and unlock the power of these resources to make more informed decisions and gain a better understanding of the process. This podcast offers general information only. It cannot replace legal advice. If you need tailored advice, contact an attorney licensed to practice in your area. 